I guess uh, semi-official start of the primary season, though the uh, the ballots actually not going to be certified until I think sometime in April. Uh, so um, the the filing petitions started yesterday, and one of those guys who was standing outside while it was snowing, State Representative Tim Butler, he joins us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Representative, thanks for taking time. How are you? Good morning, Bishop. I'm glad it was uh, snowing yesterday and not raining in 35 degrees. Yeah, that would have been bad. Yeah. Um, but the flakes were fat. They were coming down <laughs> at a pretty good clip, um, and uh, it quickly cleared up. But uh, you guys were able to wait in line. What time did you end up getting there? So I got there, I got there about 7.15. Uh, we had some... Uh, uh, folks waiting all weekend. You know, it's kind of this carnival atmosphere when we file every two years. Uh, I went out uh, Sunday night and talked to some of the people we had stand in line, brought them some pizza and everything. But uh, it, it's always a kind of a fun event. Uh, you bring in candidates from across the state who are running for the legislature, statewide, judicial offices, uh, regional superintendents file, and things like that. So I forget. I don't know how many, 400, 500 people ended up filing when at the I 8 a.m. thing. last, yeah. it was like 438 uh, was, or no, like 483 or yeah. something. So close to 500. And this is a week-long process. Yeah. I mean, you can if you're in line by 8 a.m. yesterday, then you can be in to be eligible to be top of the ballot, which everybody thinks is the, you know, the right you know, the, the good position. But it's just more than anything. It's it's a bit of a silly tradition in Illinois, you know, especially in today's environment where, you know, virtually you could probably file and no problem. But it is kind of fun. You get to see everybody out there. It's obviously great for the media. They can come out. You know, oftentimes candidates hide from you, you know, so it's good to see them in person and everything. And so it, it's always kind of a fun event. That's well, for sure. It was sure. fascinating, too, to see the likes of Darren Bailey and, and yep. Governor Pritzker Every, face to face. Everybody, everybody gets and... along. At least they, they act like it. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, we're talking with State Representative Tim Butler here on the W. WMAY morning news feed. Uh, do you have any opponent in the primary as of yet? Well, I don't. I do not have uh, any opponents that filed yesterday. There's there's a gentleman from here in town that's talking about running in the primary against me that uh, a lot of folks know, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. So you know, who and again, knows? Again, still we got a week left, so yep. uh, we'll likely follow up on that. Um, of course, we've got the new maps that that are considered here uh, whenever people go to file. Uh, we've talked in the past about uh, you know, com- competitive elections in general. Uh, how do you think the new maps will translate? when we look at the statewide as far as, you know, Democrats only file in one district, or Republicans only file in one district. How do you think that's going to play Well, out? I think because it's redistricting, you're going to see more candidates this year. I think that usually happens during a redistricting year. People uh, who've represented an area, they're, like me, their lines shift and to, uh, dramatically in some cases. My bigger concern is long range. What's this? What this means? Uh, obviously, you know, we we spent the last year discussing everything to do with redistricting. These long these lines, the way we draw them in Illinois, are drawn for partisan advantage by whoever's in the majority. Now it's the Democrats, and the way that they sliced and diced these districts uh, was for long term political gain. And I think uh, this year you're going to see more candidates, but I, I wouldn't be surprised in 24 if you see a dramatic drop in the number of candidates on the ballot uh, because a lot of these districts aren't going to be competitive. I feel really good about where we're at with the House Republicans this year. We have talked to someone running for, for the state house in all 118 House districts, somebody who's interested in it. That doesn't mean we're going to have a candidate in every district, but we're doing a really great job of recruiting candidates in Cook County, recruiting candidates in the city of Chicago like we've never done before, giving people options uh, and, on real legitimate Republican candidates, not fake Mike Madigan Republican candidates in Chicago. So I'm looking forward to a really good campaign. We think this is going to be a good year for Republicans, and, and I'm excited about what we're going to do this fall. What do you think is going to drive some of that uh, sentiment from voters to possibly give Republicans a shot in some areas where traditionally they didn't necessarily have a leg hold? Well, I certainly think inflation's at the top of the list right now. Uh, and, and what is the state and the country doing to address the fact that as I drove 
out here today. I see gas is at 4.59 a gallon, the all-time high. Uh, I think that's going to be at the top of the list moving forward. I think crime and public safety, defending our police, is is at the is is at the top of the list as well, and it's going to continue. It's continue to be that way. We've seen what's happened ever since they passed this crazy safety act uh, under the cover of darkness a year ago, uh, and what that's done to drive police out of the state of Illinois. And I think we need to do all we can to to protect our police, fund our police, uh, and and make sure that they have the the resources to do their job. I think Mike Madigan's going to be an issue. I know it's something that those of us in the House have talked about for a long time, but certainly with his uh, indictment last week uh, and and a trial potentially playing out over over this year, um, I think that's something that a lot of Democrats who have close ties, who've taken literally millions and millions of dollars from Mike Madigan, are going to have to answer in the fall. So I think there's going to be no uh, dearth of issues out there, but certainly those are three at the top of the list. How about COVID policies? We've seen some polling nationally that uh, apparently has been sent to some some Democratic uh, leaders across the country indicating that they the polls show people are frustrated and feel that some government uh, policies went too far. Well, I certainly think you, you it's it's going to be at the top of the list as well. Uh, you see this play out in in so many th- areas across the country, especially local decisions made when it comes to when it comes to mask mandates and and vaccine mandates and things like that. Here in o- Illinois, it's almost the reverse. The governor has gone it alone without the input of of locals and with, certainly without the input of the legislature. And I think as we move forward. Again, that's another thing that my fellow Democratic legislators are going to have to answer for. How come you haven't stepped up over the last two years and actually try to try to deal with the governor on this? How come we've let the governor go out, you know, basically do it by executive fiat? That's not right. Uh, and I think today you're seeing, you know, with with the mask mandates being lifted, uh, but people continue to, you know, <laughs> be on both sides of this and so on. I certainly think this is something as as we go into the fall uh, is going to continue to be issue. I also think it depends on where we're at in the fall when it comes to COVID. If if, if we don't see another spike, maybe people aren't talking about it as more as much. I don't know, but certainly it's an issue over the last two years that I think from a from the standpoint of the power that we give the executive branch is something we need to be talking about. State Representative Tim Butler here with us in studio on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop, now 718. Uh, let's talk briefly here about Madigan. Uh, of course, we've been uh, touching on uh, the 22-count indictment, uh, racketeering, bribery, nearly 10 years. Madigan proclaims innocence. Uh, I definitely want to do uh, uh, do some more uh, touching on uh, how much he's going to get in a pension or how much he's getting in a pension, which, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's an issue here. Uh, but uh, we've got another issue that uh, State Representative uh, Ann Williams put out yesterday about infrastructure. Uh, and apparently, uh, according to a uh, 2022 report in January, uh, Rebuild Illinois uh, package back in 2019 that passed had like $144 million, she says. Well, she wants to freeze this spending. Uh, where do you stand on something I'd, like I'd this? be all for that. I think this is uh, one of the more frustrating aspects of when we pass things like a capital bill. I was part of the negotiations over, over the capital bill. I think it's the right thing to do for for Illinois. We have well over half a billion dollars being invested in Sangamon County right now because of the capital bill. But the fact that when you're Speaker of the House, you can you can take $150 million of that and just kind of pluck it out because of the position that you sit in and drop it into your district, that's not right. Um, there are some some member initiative money, that's that's what we call it, that go that have gone out to districts, but certainly not on that level. You know, it's it just, you know, it's it's obscene 
obscene to think that because he's the speaker, he could he could garner this much money coming into his district. So uh, I haven't talked to Representative Williams uh, directly about it, but it's certainly something I plan to talk to her about. And I'd be supportive of that. I really I really would. And it's probably, you know, something that we need to take a, a closer look at. It seems are, are there other members that in Madigan's inner circle that, that got such a high level of money like like Madigan did? And and why did that play out like that? I certainly think that's something we need to we need to take a look at. Is this just one element of all of the different facets and areas that Madigan uh, and Madigan Enterprise allegedly had their tentacles in? Well, I mean, this this is the way that that the speaker operated, you know, uh, he made it be known to the to the advocates in the lobbying world that hey you hire my my folks you're going to get a better better shake when it comes in my door. Uh, the power that he has to be able to control funds on where they go into his own district or into other people's districts or not into people's districts. Uh, the ability to to put a thumb on legislation or let, let, a leg, let legislation pass. That all feeds into the world that was Mike Madigan and the power structure that he put in place to control uh, not just the, the Democrats in the House, but the, but the entire state of Illinois government, very honestly. You know, you know, Governor Rauner got criticized pretty roundly when he said that Mike Madigan basically controls government. And I think what we what we see on things like this are it, it's it's kind of true. The way that the speaker operated really uh, was was detrimental to the state of Illinois. But he had a lot of pull on, on how things happen in the state of Illinois. Has that changed under new? Speaker Emmanuel Chris Welch. Well, I think it's I think it's kind of a different uh, a different take on it. Uh, I think Speaker Welch is is you know very was very close to, to Speaker Madigan. Um, you know he let it be known on his, the one year anniversary a few months ago when when Speaker Welch had been in there for a year. He did an interview and you know said that Madigan came to him and said, "Hey Chris, you want to be Speaker?" That kind of stuff. They had a very close relationship. I think what has changed is that is that uh, I don't think Speaker Welch has the political operation behind him that. That Mike Madigan had for 50 years of being in office. He didn't have the, the ground troops uh, on the ground like like Madigan did. And I think that came to play out certainly when as folks were circulating petitions and so on. They can't rely on Welch like they did on Madigan. But it's it's kind of a lot of the same. Many of the same players are still involved in the hierarchy of the of the Democratic Party. And, and Speaker Welch is one of them, very honestly. We're talking with State Representative Tim Butler. Uh, final thing here, getting away from uh, the elections, getting away from uh, allegations of corruption. Uh, in just a handful of days, we're going to have another change in time. Um, One of my favorite topics. Well, let's talk about it because I hate it. I hate. I love getting the extra hour of sleep in the fall. I hate losing an hour in the spring. I, this, my sleep is very valuable to me, Representative. What can you do at the state house? Well, that's this is something we've talked about for several years now. Is is standard time versus daylight saving time? Currently, we're in standard time. We're gonna we're gonna spring ahead in uh, this weekend. You know, at two o'clock on Sunday morning. So here's the thing. You know, you're gonna get that quote unquote extra hour of daylight at the end of the day. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, light until whatever, 630 or seven o'clock come come Monday night. But the problem is for those of us, like when I woke up this morning and I see the sun coming up at six it. o'clock, I love it. a few days from now, it's going to be dark yeah. <laughs> in the morning as we're getting ready. And this, you know, look, we have the same amount of daylight. Right. Um, it do, that doesn't change. It just matters where we put it on the clock. I'm somebody who said, I wish we would stand. If we're going to make a switch, you know, let's switch to standard time year round. There's people that want the extra daylight, quote unquote, at the end of the day. Uh, it's going to be continue to be something I think we talk about in the state. We've got competing bills on. But really, it's something I think we're going to have to address nationally if we ever change it. Because because if we we change.
change our time in Illinois. Then you've got Indiana and Missouri and, and states that people commute into. That messes things up and so on. So uh, it's certainly twice a year it gives us something good to talk about. But but it's certainly I, I think it's a legitimate thing to be talking about because it does impact people's health and, and work and things like that. And it's it's um, you know come come Monday morning it's going to be a little different for everybody. <laughs> I'm glad I'm off next week. I'm actually I'm taking vacation next week, not necessarily because of this, but uh, it's definitely going to soften the blow. Uh, State Representative Tim Butler, thank you so much for taking You're time welcome. with us.